So welcome back listeners to another episode of Let's Do It. This second series is all about people's own experiences to do with pregnancy, birth and parenting. And today I'm excited to welcome Brenda. Brenda is a physiotherapist for trauma and pelvic health and I'll be encouraging her to chat about the work she does and why she does it. So be prepared to hear all about the pelvic floor and probably incontinence will crop in there somewhere. And we'll hear how this fits into the theme of the series. And as I know, like Brenda is passionate about women's health. So please sit back and enjoy our wee chat. So welcome, Brenda, to this podcast. And let's begin by asking you how many children you have and how old are they? Uh, thank you, Anne. I have three girls. Um, Isla is almost five. Um, Belle is two and a half. And we, Nancy, is... Um, just a couple of days away from being four months old. No way. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's flying. So um, tell the listeners a wee bit about yourself, you know, either about your job or family or both, whatever whatever you want to chat about. Um, I'm 35 and I live kind of in the countryside <laughs> near Hockle in County Antrim uh, with my husband. So we're, we're quite rural where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I qualified as a physio. I think it was 2007 Um, and like most physios you kind of rotate around all these different areas um, for quite a long time which I did. Um, um, I suppose the areas I liked the most were musculoskeletal so like kind of low back pain and general anything to do with um, tendons and muscles and ligaments that kind of thing sports injuries Um, and I also loved the trauma end of it where people were coming for physio after they had plates and pins inserted and complex injuries, um, fractures and nerve injuries. Um, But really what sparked my interest in pelvic health, um, it was actually before I had children because I I thought about it, was it after I had the girl? But no, it actually was before. (laughs) I was treating a lady in the Royal and she was about six months after having a baby. Mm -hmm. And I remember she wanted to go back to running, but she had back pain and I was one of the brave physios back then, I think, because that's about 10 years ago. And I asked her, did she have any other issues like incontinence? And mostly we did not even go there as musculoskeletal physios back then anyway. Um, but um, she says, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm having urinary incontinence as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it at that stage. And I knew it was a big gap. And I kind of just went ahead and, and did my normal thing for her back. So we did all her core rehab and acupuncture and at that time and she did she got really strong got back to run but she was still leaking Mm -hmm. um so I referred her on to women's health physio at that point but then I thought why am I separating this out I should be able to help her um so that kind of sparked the interest and then after that I started um doing women's health courses and basically women's health if you're a physio treating women you're doing you're you're doing women's health anyway you're just maybe not not asking the question but when you ask the question you open up a whole can of worms and really it's for every area of physio and pelvic health so it's fit in really nicely with with the work that I do um and then I specialize in trauma and brought it in there so because lots of people who've had trauma have incontinence and pelvic pain and sexual dysfunction Mm -hmm. um and that's where I end up specializing and then once I have my own children it really just took off and I really focus more then on pelvic health yeah on the women's health because um yeah. like i know as a doula working with pregnant women and um, postnatally as well it's almost shameful and it's almost like a taboo subject that women 
don't like to actually admit that they um, have incontinence. And of course, it's not just it's not pregnant, it's not just pregnancy that women have incontinence or men have incontinence problems it can be other issues as well. But I think in the more I would say in the last couple of years, for some reason, I don't know why in the last couple of years, there's definitely more talk about pelvic floor and the pelvic health and you know, leaking and all the rest of it. So that's probably, you know, a lot of the work that you're involved with, Brenda. Yeah, I think I think the physios coming up now, um, we're kind of part of that generation that <laughs> I know an older an older ladies and even probably me a few years ago, I'd have been like, oh, what are you going to talk about that? Like, are you going to post that on your Facebook page? But now we're really I think people are more open. And um, when when you see the statistics, like one in two new moms have a prolapse or one in nine people have fecal incontinence, but whoever talks about that? Because I do think we're focusing a lot on urinary incontinence, it's leaking, it's running, leaking, 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 you know, but actually there's there's ladies out there and men who have difficulty controlling wind and bowel motion. So um, it applies to everybody really, men too. I was just gonna say, Brenda. Men get left out quite a bit, but yeah, they, they have, they have um, a pelvic floor too and pelvic health as well. I'm sure everyone at some stage in life has found it uh, almost impossible to control wind or the bomb. Oh, yeah. it's, it's really common after a baby to have difficulty with wind control. Yeah. Um, but the key is just getting the messages out there so that it, it can be talked about and understanding that pelvic health physios are the people to you want your GP to signpost you to to start to look into these and, and get you treatment. And most of the time they can be completely resolved yeah. with conservative measure. Yeah, and funny enough, in my work as a doula as well, and that is all not all about me, but just um, just to relate it to what you're doing as well. Like the first couple of years, we never really mentioned anything about pelvic health or pelvic floor. And now it is such an important part of of us mm -hmm. talking to women about the postnatal recovery when you know, thinking about the postnatal plan recovering from a baby and, and a bit of self-care it's also for us as doulas to know who to signpost women onto that they would be comfortable with um, talking about these very intimate um we issues you know to get them and to know that they don't have to be like that forever you know yeah. to know there's actually something they can do about it yeah, because I find treating ladies, we've got these issues. It's normally mixed. Um, once you've got a physical health issue after a baby, it's really strongly correlated with a, a mental health issue. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you don't have to go down the talking therapy route. You can treat the body. Yeah. Do you know? I know that sounds that doesn't make sense, but if if somebody has urinary incontinence, they're much more likely to have depression. Um, and we always think we need to go and treat and do the talking therapy solely, but actually, if you treat the body. The mind will follow and I know that sounds a strange way to look at it but that's what I find in my work well that is so true isn't it a bit like you know, fix that issue and then it doesn't bring you down if you're dealing like with something every yeah. day um that's really uh, really really um impacts your quality of life yeah definitely so uh you mentioned that you've got three wee girls um mm -hmm. yeah and uh, just leading into how we actually know each other um, I just didn't pluck you out of the clouds to have a little <laughs> day because um, I was actually your doula for your your third pregnancy there um, with with wee Nancy. So, um, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners about your any of your pregnancies or any of your birthing experiences? Yeah. Um, so my first daughter Isla, um, she was born almost five years ago, and I would generally be like a fearless person and just follow my gut and believe things will go 
nicely and I don't really have to prepare a lot for things <laughs> um, I got away with that for most of my life until I was about when I had Isla basically it all caught up with me I went into birth and even though I kind of looked at pelvic health and I knew bits and pieces I'd found out at 20 weeks Isla was going to have a an issue um mm -hmm. and we didn't know how severe it was going to be we were kind of prepared for for every eventuality so I was so overcome with anxiety that I could not focus and do any birth prep. So I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just yeah. lived on Google searching what could possibly be wrong with her. Um, and I went into her birth with no education and no, no techniques. Um, and it, it just didn't go, go well at all. So I ended up with um, pushing on my back for two over two hours and third degree tear and forceps and, mm -hmm. General anaesthetic after she was born um, for repair and removal of placenta. Meanwhile, Ida was transferred to intensive care to get um, prep for surgery. So, um, yeah, I completely lost control in that whole experience. And for Belle's birth, I opted for an elective C-section. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that is because I hadn't done any, I hadn't worked through any of the things that happened with Ida or... I wasn't in a I wasn't kind of ready to yeah. to take on and learn or do the work really. But I was with Nancy and I found Anne. So I, <laughs> I was scrolling Instagram as you do. Yeah. Um I find Anne was going to be local because I was wanting to go to the Royal this time. I wanted to do everything my way this time. So I picked my own consultant, I changed hospitals. Um I opted for very low risk care, even though I was consultant led. I didn't want any extra scans. I just wanted uh, treat it as a low-risk pregnancy um and yeah I I would say my pregnancy this time was a complete like journey of self-exploration and um self-work yeah. um yeah the affirmations that Anne helped me with were were amazing I visualized Nancy's birth and how it would roll play out and I I probably done that for 10 weeks before she was born amazing. and it almost went to how I've seen it <laughs> not far away yeah. like when I read back what I've written down it literally is just a, a two wee sentences and that's it everything else exactly went to what I envisioned would happen yeah. so yeah the hypnobirthing brought me back to just kind of being in the present moment and coming back to your breath and you know visualizations and affirmations and every night I went for a walk when I was pregnant almost and I would have listened to those scripts and then went to sleep with the relaxation script as well. Yeah. So it changed everything. When I found out I was pregnant with Nancy, I was petrified. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Ida's birth didn't go well. And then when I had the C-section, Belle ended up with a birth injury and she needed ventilated for a week. So I was like, how is this baby coming out? Because both of these roots don't seem to work for me. Oh. Um, but I knew in my gut I wanted to, uh, to go for a vaginal birth if I could. So... Um, I'm glad I found you, Anne, oh. to help me. <laughs> My pleasure. You did it. You did it all by yourself. You had most amazing VBAC. And for any listeners who don't know what the VBAC is, so that's the vaginal birth after cesarean. Um, and uh, there's a lot of interesting research on that. But um, as Brenda says, when you do a wee bit of work and find out genuine information about your body and about birth and what to expect and that that can really empower you to take charge which is exactly what you did you and your lovely husband you's really birthed um birthed that baby um uh, in the water which is so beautiful 
Yeah. I know even when I think about it now it was lovely like when we were in Anne had the essential oils going and <laughs> the wee tea lights around the pool um I even have one of those cushions what you call me around the airplane oh yes the head what surprised me the most is how I went into my body it was such I can't really explain the experience like the noises I was making in labour were really primal and I would never normally, I'd be so embarrassed if I was making those normally. But I was in this zone and I I don't know, it just felt like the most natural noise to make and I wasn't embarrassed at all. I was just like, no. when I get into the pool, everything went really quickly after that or like really ramped up. Yeah, um, yeah you you were just following your body's lead, which, you know, people would say, they would just do, oh, just do what your body tells you. But because you also were so empowered because you knew what to expect you were fully educated like on the whole process of birthing and everything and that's probably why you just let go and just you just did exactly you knew like to really trust your body and trust your instincts and that was so beautiful it really was such a beautiful birth amazing and then we nancy was there <laughs> yeah it was lovely so yeah and i i was really for me as your doula and having a birth and teacher is really quite special because we got to know each other really well even though with COVID and that we had to do a lot of the sessions by zoom mm -hmm. um it was really uh it's just so beneficial to have that like that one one-on-one -on -one and knowing that I, you know that you have me as your as your back as well and also for, for your husband that he knew that I was there for him too because when we actually went through it and everything, the homework he got us to do throughout the course, oh, yeah. I didn't realise he had fears going into birth. I was like, what have you got to be scared about? <laughs> kind of thing. But he did. He had lots. He felt really guilty that he, um, with Isla's birth, that he didn't know what to say or what to do or how to help me. He actually felt really guilty that I helped and helped us too. Yeah. And he was actually terrified of that things cascading the way they had the first time again. Of course, um, yeah. but I, I was so wrapped up that I was bursting the baby I didn't really ask him how he felt until yeah. so it was lovely he was doing affirmations too um like Brenda's safe the baby is safe we'll know when to go to hospital um I'll know exactly how to help Brenda you know he he was doing all his his work as well yeah that is and it was he was great too like wasn't I if, yeah. if you remember you're probably just so zoned out you probably don't know. but that again well, that's, that's what we both said I don't really well, I do remember and I don't, but having a doula like you and there was probably, it gave us both confidence, especially in the middle of a pandemic, mm. um, because you're so vulnerable when you're in labour, you know, and your birthing partner being a male, m mostly, you don't, you know, they don't hold all the, they don't know all the information, they just want to be there and hold your hand and trust the process, but yeah. some things, sometimes things, you know, can get out of control, it's lovely just to have a a neutral person there who is educated and knows the couple and it's kind of going between the medical system and the couple yeah. um it made all the difference for us at this time yeah that's great that's good and for other for listeners you know tuning in and wondering you know why do some people get a doula you know it's your third baby why on earth would you even have a doula if you haven't got one for your first or second but here and everyone's journeys are so different and so um intimate and personal to them and that's exactly you know some of the reasons why um families choose to have a doula and to do hypnobirthing as well because we all know every, every birth and every pregnancy is so different yeah and and with your descriptions of yours it's so true like isn't it yeah so um 
I was going to ask you if you've always been a physio, but you've told us that you, yeah, you did train as a physio and then you sort of diverted on to the, the women's health and the, the pelvic floor and, and that, and that, whenever we talked about the breathing and hypnobirthing as well, you do, you do cover like breathing and birth preparation do as part of your, as your work. Yeah. yeah, so we do antenatal pregnancy Pilates. So yeah, we would cover all breathing techniques and positions for labour and you know perineal massage. Um, yeah, I suppose we wouldn't do affirmations. I think all that's more kind of birth, you know. But yeah, yeah we we do cover some of the things that are in the hypnobirthing. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting for me, like whenever I was fighting out a bit more about your actual work side of things for this podcast, and it says like the importance of good pelvic health. And again, it's just something, as I mentioned earlier, it's something that we don't really talk about or we just take it for granted in a way. You know, and as you say, men and women, it's not just women, like men have it as well. And just everybody's just walking around and you don't really think much about it until you have a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it, it's sort of accepted that it's normal to have incontinence after you have a baby but it's not it's not it's not normal at all <laughs> and you know our ancestors if you go back years and years you know there's no way they would survive with like these things that women are and men are suffering nowadays um so any anything in your body that is not what it was before baby needs to be addressed and resolved um we shouldn't have to live with any new symptoms in our body whatsoever um I know if, if mums are breastfeeding, they will have some issues like with things like vaginal dryness and, and that. But after breastfeeding stops, that should go back to normal. But apart from that, you should not have any physical changes in your body. Um, but we commonly do um, for a whole host of reasons. So it's really imperative to get early, early treatment. Um, the best thing you can do for your body is stay active in pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and do your pelvic floor muscle training while you're pregnant. So that's been shown to be a really, really strong um, indicator for reducing the risk of incontinence after baby arrives. Yeah. So um, after, if a woman has a baby and she's not too sure if things are just right, you know, you know, she's having some issues, um, you know, with with urine or with maybe having sex or that. When would be a good time then to have a wee check with a, with a someone like yourself, like a physiotherapist or women's health? So sometimes women now aren't being invited to their GP six-week checkup because um, it's not funded anymore. Um, so I would invite yourself. So I would book in, even if you haven't been invited, just ignore that. That's, mm-hmm. that's if you don't get a letter or you, you get told, like I got told, I got a letter at 10 weeks to say, we're not doing a, a postnatal check, but please come down and get your blood pressure checked by our treatment nurse. Yeah. Um, I'd already been for my postnatal check. So oh. they've... <laughs> I booked it myself, went ahead at six weeks. So yeah. that letter didn't apply. So that's why I encourage every mum to just go ahead, book in and say, I'd like to book in for my six week check. Mm-hmm. Uh, so between six and eight weeks, go to your GP. And if you have any new symptoms like bladder, bile, ladies mostly won't have returned in, of course, at this point. Mm-hmm. So later on, but when you have returned and it does become an issue, anything like pain or dryness or anything at all that doesn't feel right even lack of ability to orgasm that's lost now since you've had a baby that's not normal either so anything anything new um let your gp know and if they kind of just brush it aside or don't don't really take you on say i'd like to be referred to a pelvic health physio please and could i have that um recorded as an urgent referral (laughs) why not because you're just postnatal and the earlier we can 
um, come in and help you and address things, then it's a major, you know, predictor for your long-term health. If we can get pelvic health all sort of out quite quickly, then you're back. That's not a barrier to exercising and getting back to your normal. Whereas if it lingers and goes on for a few years, it really impacts everything. So it can lead to inactivity, obesity, type two diabetes. It's a real whole cascade of events. So ask for a referral and ask, can it be made urgent? And that's the two things I would say. Oh, that's, that's really good. Make your, your own six week check. Don't wait to be asked if it's not coming and, or if they don't ask you to come till 12 weeks, you can book in sooner. Wow, that's really good. And I hope that's really helped a lot of listeners as well. I mean, I didn't realize that as well. I just thought that people could only go to you like privately. So like, you can actually be referred, people can refer to you. Yeah, you can go. Oh, that that would be an NHS physio. Um, yeah. now the waiting times can vary to, from trust to trust. Some trusts are longer than others. So if you want to go privately, yeah, you can come and see likes of me who works in a private practice. Right. So there's a directory called the Squeezy um app. Mm-hmm. You know it. I do. I always so say using it. Yeah. It has a directory of physios, so you can check who's in your area, or people can get in touch with me if you're from anywhere across Northern Ireland. Just give me a wee shout on my Instagram page and I'll let you know who's local to yeah yeah that's really good that we squeeze it was actually a midwife told me I heard her talking about it and she told me about it and said just tell all your mummies to start getting that squeezy app <laughs> get on that's the- great yeah. yeah it gives you a wee reminder to do the pelvic floor exercises yeah sometimes though the pelvic floor muscles can be tight so yeah. that's not the answer I know it seems it's hard to get your head around but yeah. um that's why it's really important for an individual assessment because the muscles are already tight and then you're you're doing all the strengthening exercises you could potentially be just adding to the problem right um, so I think an individual assessment's always always best practice yeah definitely so um Brenda I know like you have a busy life with the three wee girls and with your work as well and I'm just interested to know how you actually take time out for yourself for your own <laughs> well-being <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad at this until last year when I completely burnt out and I was so fatigued and it was awful like I completely just burnt out I wasn't able to work for a few months I was exhausted so I've had to learn the hard way and basically what I do is I make sure I do 20 minutes of exercise every single day so I'll have the resistance band in the kitchen or I'll have a kettlebell in the living room or so it's there and I'm walking past it um so I'll do 20 minutes of exercise it's kind of resembles some of the wee workouts I have up on my page so something like that I'm working through my um, program at the minute so I've got another wee video to post tomorrow but I'm kind of tracking my own postnatal rehab so I think every mum after each and every birth should um, do core and pelvic floor rehab and I'm kind of tracking that that it's 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 kind of the same as having a, an injury I know birth isn't an injury it's a natural process but you need to rehabilitate after it so I basically do 20 minutes of exercise a day and I get up in the morning after my husband takes the kids downstairs because I co-sleep with the baby and then the other two girls are on a mattress on the floor. So we're all in one room. So I'm the, I'm the parent at nighttime. So yeah. he sleeps in the spare room and gets sleeping all night. So in the morning, he takes the kids down and I do like 15 minutes meditation and 10 minutes journaling. So I get a shower on my own, which is lovely. Yeah. Meditation and journal. And then that's me set up for the day and then 20 minutes of exercise. That's brilliant. And I have to say, I, I have, have to say, I've been watching your wee um, videos and 
I think even like any woman or maybe even any man, but any anything anybody can do those, you just don't have to be recovering from no, really, I think they're really useful. And because they're short and snappy, you know, yeah. you, oh, I'm just gonna watch, just gonna do Brenda's wee, wee video snap here. And it and it's great. And as you said, it does it um it really like invigorates you and gets you think, oh, I've actually done that today. It's brilliant. I know it's short and sweet. There's times I'll get seven minutes done and I go flip, but then I'll do five minutes late. So it could take me three goes to get 20 minutes, but it all adds up once you. Yeah. yeah. I've also started swimming in the sea. So I do that once a week on a Sunday. Oh, I've <laughs> seen that. I have seen, um, I've seen quite a few people locally, you know, I mean, in Northern Ireland are doing this swimming in the sea and in this really? weather, like it's like freezing <laughs> yesterday. I'm thinking, oh, I had the absolute fear yesterday because we were driving down. It was one degrees, yeah, and we got out of the water. It was zero degrees, so but it was amazing. It sets you up for the day. It's brilliant. How do you even get in? I just could don't know how you get into the water and so cold. So I started a few months ago with a, turning my shower cold at the end of a shower for five seconds, and then you build oh. up to 10, 15, 20 build up to a minute and then start getting into the sea with the wetsuit on and the wee hand gloves and the feet mm-hmm. and then start to wean off that so start to take off wow. the wetsuit. I haven't I've just this that was my fifth time in yesterday wow. so I haven't taken off my wetsuit yet but I I have dared myself that I'm going to jump in a new year's day with the you know the leopard print bikini I gave birth to Nancy in. <laughs> So I have I, I set myself that that I'm gonna do that. So yeah, good one. That's brilliant. Fair play. That's <laughs> amazing. Well, here, um, so I've tried to keep these wee podcasts to around 20 minutes, but um, we're doing all right. We're just over the 20, but it's absolutely fine because it's okay. been great chatting to you. You've got <laughs> really um valuable stuff to say to other to other listeners. But before you go, Brenda, just want to give yourself a wee plug for the business, your business and where people can find you if they want to get in touch with you. Yeah, so we're um, in Main Street in Port Glenelg, County Antrim. Um, so we have a wee studio there. Now, normally, pre-COVID, um, we're running in uh, face-to-face classes for Pilates and yoga. So the Pilates, um, we obviously have your pregnancy and postnatal groups, but we also have men's Pilates and gentle Pilates and then beginners, intermediate and advanced classes. And then we have a range of yoga. So we've got yin, hatha and vinyasa yoga as well. Um, And then we also have me providing pelvic health physio. Um, We have another physio who provides uh, physio for neuro and spinal. And then we've got lots of different practitioners like Reiki and reflexology and counselling. So it's kind of like a health and wellbeing hub. Um, And we're transitioning into a big listed building beside us, hopefully um, in the new year. it's got like an amazing building so um i can't wait for that so you can find us on instagram um health connects underscore physio mm-hmm. um that's my kind of page but i sort of put all the things up there and and then we're on facebook at health connects physio and pilates and then our we website is www.healthconnects.co.uk so mm-hmm. that's where you'll find us and we're, we're doing some online classes at the minute but in the new year i'm going to haven't told anybody this yet, but I'm going to launch a wee kind of online postnatal um, rehab for mums. Um, and it's going to be just those wee 20 minute hacks, like daily exercise, because I find that's the only way possible with three kids. I never really appreciated it before, you know, yeah. signing mums up to a class that's the same time for an hour. It's really hard to make that work, yeah. really hard. So 
Yeah, I think you're on a winner there, Brenda, because you <laughs> like when you got wee ones and you never know when they need you and um, people could just dip in and out as it sits them. It's perfect. It's great. Yeah. We wish you all the very best for your ventures. Thank you very much. It's amazing. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It's been really um, informative as well, which is great. And I just want to finish off by saying, listeners, if you need to contact me as well, you probably all know where I am by now, but I have a website, motherdoula.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Anne Hypnodoula. So until the next time, thank you and goodbye.